Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and today's episode is actually a follow-up to episode 209, which was recorded off schedule, off script, (laughs) off everything. And it was all about the um, the in-the-moment self-doubt and inner critical and self-judgmental experience that I was having when I was thinking about the events that I had coming up the following week, which is now when I'm recording this episode is actually after the two events that I facilitated this week. And um, I want to talk about the reflection. And the reason I recorded episode 209 is because it's all very well and good. Um, you know, me coming on, I know I've talked about self-doubt in the past on the Inner Work Conversation, but I wanted you to hear it in the moment. And I also wanted you to hear not only what I was experiencing, but how I was dealing with myself in that experience. This episode, which I said I was going to come back and record. So uh, just for full transparency, it's Wednesday and my episodes usually come out on a Thursday. So cutting it fine, but for good reason, because I wanted to make sure that I'd had the experiences. I had a little minute to reflect on them and listen back to episode 209 because that's the thing about self-doubt, isn't it? You know, it's there, it's chattering away. It's sometimes very, very loud. But then when you go and do the thing that you'd convinced yourself you wouldn't be able to do or you wouldn't be very good at, normally nine times out of 10, it doesn't go the way that your self-doubt is telling you that it's gonna go. It doesn't go the way that you're, inner criticism is telling you to be afraid of. Normally, nine times out of 10, you have a great experience. And even if you don't have a great experience, you are still okay. And furthermore, you learn from it and you grow from it. So I'm coming to you with a few points in this episode on reflection. I have now done the events for this week. I've come out of my little hermit cave and I've gone out into the world And you know what? It's safe to say that there's good reason why I do stay at home and work at home. I um funny story before we get into the reflections and what I've got to share with you about the whole self-doubt piece on reflection of doing them. Um, at the event where I was hosting and facilitating a workshop on behalf of the leading ladies in business, I was sat there and they were just about to introduce me, and I had a black coffee in one hand, and I sort of went to flick my hair over my shoulder and I've just felt a streak of damp, of wet streak across my body. And I had a white t-shirt on and like a beige colored, um, like a stony beige colored blazer. Uh, and I dipped my own hair in my own coffee and just streaked it across my own body. So (laughs) there's very practical reasons why I shouldn't be allowed out. But I recognize that as comfortable as it is for me to stay in my little hermit cave, actually, it's a good thing for me to venture out into the world every now and again. Uh, So let's get into the reflections. And that's actually the first one is, and I'm just going to read the points that I've written down because as I've been, uh, you know, (laughs) putting my comfy clothes on and seeing my dogs and having something to eat, I've just been, as I've been going around the house, I've been making a few points. So I'm going to read the point that I've made and then I'm going to elaborate on that. So the first point is, The things that intimidate you and cause you discomfort but are meaningful are the same things that make you feel alive. You could apply this point to anything in life and business that you avoid. Most of you know that I am in training for my next half marathon, which is actually around the corner. It's just in March. And the hardest part I find of the training runs 
is actually the part when you're getting out the front door. And the hardest part of doing things like I've done this week, which are outside the norm of what I typically do in the way a typical week looks for me these days, is it's outside of the norm. It's outside of my comfort zone, my zone of comfort. And I think there is a lot to be gained outside your zone of comfort. And the reason why I've been very choice with my words is I've said there, the things that intimidate you and cause you discomfort but are meaningful are the same things that make you feel alive. And I know what I mean because it is a very subtle but very important distinction. There are things that I do in business that are uncomfortable. They do cause me discomfort, but they're not meaningful. You'll hear me talk all the time, especially for those of you who are my clients inside the Inner Work Club. You'll hear me talk about high value activities and Therefore, you'll also know that there's low value activities, which is the busy work. It's the busy work that causes us discomfort. And that discomfort isn't meaningful because it's not actually contributing to anything that matters. The busy work, the majority of the time, the busy work that isn't like the necessities that need to be done, but the things that we keep ourselves busy with to avoid the things that require courage and discomfort It's the busy work that actually causes the uncomfortable outcomes, but is very comfortable in the moment to do because you get to avoid the things that require courage and discomfort. And all of that is to say that that's my point. The things that intimidate you and cause discomfort, but are meaningful are the same things that make you feel alive. Because when I do have that battle with my front door and when I do get outside the front door and when I am running, Yes, that is still uncomfortable, but it's meaningful discomfort as in it's contributing towards something. Either it's contributing towards um, me being fitter and stronger or it's contributing towards my inner mental resilience and my tolerance to discomfort or all of the above. (laughs) And it's the same, you know, it's the same in business when we do things that are completely outside of our comfort zone, but they're meaningful things. I think that that is something important to look out for. And you take that back to yourself and think, well, what are the things that I do in business that are uncomfortable, but they're not necessarily uh, contributing towards something that is meaningful for me? And what are the things that I could be doing that are uncomfortable that would contribute towards something meaningful for me? I really want you to look at that because it's so easy to just avoid those things, especially when you work for yourself. You know, when you haven't got someone managing you and asking you what you're doing with your time and loads of my clients don't work for themselves and do work for an employer, but they've got that much autonomy in their own role that that's, that applies to them still too. And I want you to be on yourself there, on yourself as in what is it that I'm avoiding and what are the things that might intimidate me, might cause me discomfort, but they're meaningful and they're impactful. And furthermore, to that point, and I'll wrap this one up, they make me feel alive. Over the past couple of days, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, really, of like dipping my hair in coffee. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's been a roller coaster of like, oh my God. And you know, the feelings and the emotions that you go through and the thoughts that you think. And But it's all contributing to something that matters to me. And it all, most importantly, it's all made me feel alive. It reminds you that you matter and your work matters and your very unique voice and contribution matters. You know, it's so easy to convince yourself that, oh, well, someone else is talking about this or someone else is doing this or someone else has already said that, but you're unique. And 
you're I don't say that as like oh you're so special like in a patronizing way towards you or myself I mean it genuinely as in only you can say the things that you say like you can say them and that's because only you have had the experiences that you've had in life and business, which make up the undertone of everything that you say, the in-between the lines of everything that you say and do. And for you not to bring that to the world, for you not to contribute your unique contribution to the world because you've convinced yourself that it's a bit pointless or it's someone else has already said it to justify you avoiding the discomfort of it is what I'm asking you to be on yourself about, okay? Um, next point. Next point is the more your self-imposed limitations constrict you, the smaller your worldview will be. And there's like a side point to this that says what you will and won't allow yourself to believe is possible. Oh, sorry. What you will and won't allow yourself to do or believe is possible for you. Okay. The more your self-imposed limitations constrict you, the smaller your worldview will be. I get what I mean here. It's a little bit like believing that you can only run on a treadmill, the smaller your worldview will be. I know what I mean here. So in business, it's really easy to convince yourself that the way that you do it is just the way that you do it. And, you know, there is no other way or there's no justifiable way. A little bit like if you have convinced yourself that the only way that you are able to run is on a treadmill, that means that you're only ever going to see a gym wall or you're only ever going to see the view from that particular treadmill. And what I mean is that is you telling yourself, I can only, I can run, but I can only run on a treadmill. Well, no, actually that's not true. And if you allow yourself to explore that, that might not be true. You might give yourself the opportunity to run on an open road or run through fields. And when you do that, your worldview is going to expand as in you're going to see nature and you're going to see people and you're going to see sunsets and sunrises and you're going to see birds flying past and moments that cannot be recreated that you would never have seen if you'd have stayed on a treadmill because you made yourself believe that's the only way that you can run. And this, the same is true for business. You know, if I convince myself that the only way that I can record a podcast is in my little home studio when actually there's uh, limitations around that, you know, it means that I do all of my own editing, all of my own capturing and grabs for smallest snippets that then I can produce for social media and YouTube and things like that. If I convince myself that it has to be done this way, I'm limiting my ability to extend my reach to audiences that I will not ever reach because I, unless I want my whole business to be about recording and generating and editing a podcast, which I can't because I don't make money off my podcast, then it's it's going to it's going to mean that I have a limited ability to do what I want to do with it. I want to get this podcast into as many earholes as I can. So if I convince myself that recording it at home and not having any help with it is the only way, then it's going to limit me just like I just like I said if you convince yourself that you can only run on a treadmill, that's all you're going to see. When today I've just been an experienced recording in a studio with professionals who know exactly which snippets to get for social media and how to edit them and cut them and slice them for the most views and the most reach. And if I convince myself that I can't have that, and if I, if I discount it because I think, or maybe I think, well, I can't afford to do it that way, then I've just cut that off from my ability to expand what could be possible for me. 
But actually, if I say, oh, I really enjoyed that and I can see the benefit in it and it costs, I don't know, 500 quid a month. If I say, if I say to myself, well, I haven't budgeted for that, therefore I can't have it. What could be, what, what could be different there is if I say to myself, but what could I do to make that possible for me? And it might not mean that you get that straight away, but just not allowing yourself to be constricted by your own self-imposed limitations will mean that your worldview isn't constricted too. If you question the way that you do things in business, even if you can't afford to do it another way at the moment, or there's a reason why you're doing it that way right now, or there's a reason why you're not delegating or getting help with it or whatever that looks like for you, I want you to flip it. And instead of just closing your mind off to it, asking yourself, well, what would need to happen for me to be able to do it differently? Just allowing yourself to go that one step further and open your mind up to the possibility that your limitations around what you believe is possible for you might just be wrong. (laughs) We can't always be right especially not when it comes to allowing ourselves to believe we're capable of more or we're capable of receiving more. That's a big one. Okay, next point. You can't surprise yourself if you don't allow yourself to experience it. Okay. If you listen to the last episode, part one of this episode, what you will have heard me doing is being like, oh my God, I'm nervous about the upcoming events because what if this happens and what if that and what if this and what if the other... And if we what if ourselves to the point where we actually stop ourselves from being able to experience these things in business, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to allow ourselves to be surprised by what we're able to do when we are just thrown into it. And I know I've talked about this in the podcast previously. I don't know which episode it's in, but I remember saying, if you just told me in November 2019, when I was going from London Lime Street to Houston on a train to quit my job, that there was about to be a global pandemic and you're about to give up your job. If you just told me that, I wouldn't have quit my job. If you just told me that I was going to be a carer for an elderly parent with advanced and severe, uh, not just dementia, but psychosis with dementia, I would have told you, and run a business and be a mom and be a I would have told you I wouldn't have been able to handle that. And I think that sometimes what life does is it throws you the careful that you need in order to show you that actually you can. And sometimes we have to throw that careful at ourselves. Sometimes we have to be the ones that say, actually, you're going to do this. And you're even though you've got all of these reservations about how you're going to cope, you're going to show yourself that you'll handle it. Even if it doesn't go the way that your mind wants it to, you're going to show yourself that you can handle that too. And if I'm honest on reflection, that has been my experience. My experience of going and doing these events this week has been not only am I able to surprise myself and I'm able to show my doubt and inner criticism and self-imposed limitations that the majority of them are fucking lying and trying to keep me in inverted commas safe. Actually, there is so much goodness to be gained from it going well, from things like the session, for example, that I planned, I only actually got halfway through the session before I ran out of time. But, and and I suppose that could have been something that I would have dreaded and worried about. But actually, what actually happened in the session was it went really well. And a lady came up to me at the end and said, you know, I'm going to take this session and I'm going to use it with the people who I'm sharing a co-working space tomorrow because it's been that impactful on me. And it's like, you can't have those experiences if you won't allow yourself to step into them. So next point, you need to learn it's okay to desire for more. Okay. (laughs) What I mean here is 
a lot of the time, what I think that we can do if we get too comfortable inside our own comfort zone is we settle for breadcrumbs. We don't actually realize that more is available to us. And I don't necessarily mean more in a very tangible sense, like more revenue, more clients, more, you know, fill in the blank with whatever tangible measure you want to insert there. I'm talking more about what you're open to, you know, more growth, more positive experiences, more holding your head up high, more confidence and the tangible stuff too. And that point is, it's actually okay for you to ask for more. I think that what a lot of us can do is get so comfortable inside our own little zone of comfort that what I meant before is settling for breadcrumbs. It's not necessarily that I'm having a bad experience in business at the moment. It's not, I love my experience in business at the moment, but I think what I can definitely do if I'm not careful is almost do this thing where I go, oh, I'm okay. I don't need anything more. Oh, I'm okay. I'm I'm fine. I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want to um, be an inconvenience. I don't want to upset anyone. And I think in that wanting to be happy with what I've got and grateful for what I've got and I am, I think we can sort of take that a little bit too far sometimes and step into the realm of not actually admitting to ourselves that we're open to more. And I want to I wanna say that that's been a reflection of mine having the last couple of days being more open to more experiences, seeing more faces, seeing more pennies drop, allowing myself to have more experiences, allowing myself to have experiences of getting lost in traffic and that not quite going right. And do you know what? Something happened actually that I want to talk about. Uh, It was really snowy on the day leading up to the event and what should have been a 25 minute drive turned into an hour and a half to get there. And I noticed as I was queuing up for the Mersey Tunnel, that I was, you know, in the queue and waiting my turn. And I noticed on three separate occasions that oh, <laughs> I'm going to say this, but I don't mean it to man bash because I'm married to one and I'm raising one and I love men. But on three separate occasions, a man, three separate men, just sort of quite aggressively barged their way into the queue. And it wasn't like, They weren't rude about it. Like they were very much like, thank you for letting me in. But there was an expectancy in their behavior. And I thought, I've got something to learn from that. I don't necessarily want to be aggressive and I don't want to um, push myself to the front and make other people therefore pushed backwards. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying, do you know what? Actually, this, this links back to, do you remember the podcast episode that I recorded a couple ago yeah it was episode 208 where I was talking about how my hobby has made me better at business in that episode I was actually sharing about how my husband plays chess and his style is very attacking and it makes me realize that he's in it to win um in fact so many of you have got in touch with me from listening to episode 208 to say oh my god all of this time I've been playing to not lose not playing to win and I just think that a lot of us can afford to want more. A lot of us can afford to be more assertive with our desires and our ambition and our wants and what we actually want. Those people in that queue, those men who were barging into the queue in the tunnel, they wanted to get where they were going and they weren't necessarily doing doing it to make anyone wait longer. They just weren't 
thinking about anyone else first. And I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying that that's the right way to be. What I am saying is, I think we could all take something from that and add our own, you know, conscientious way of being. I always say to my clients when they're worried about coming across too bitchy if they've got difficult um, you know, feedback to give or something like that. It's like, you've got, always got to think about what your natural state is. And my natural state is to be so conscientious that if I can see someone in my rear view mirror looking for a car parking space and I drive past one, my natural state is to drive past it, to give it to them. And I think particularly in business, you have got to go for what you want. And so anyway, all of that is to say that from, I wouldn't have experienced that and I wouldn't have learned these things if I hadn't have gone to these events. And that's what I mean. Like you have to learn it's okay to desire for more, even if you desiring for more means that you fall flat on your face and you don't get it and you feel like a tit. It's the same as like when you set a goal and you don't reach it, there was still so much that you learned along the way. And also in taking the steps towards that goal or in taking the steps to do that thing you wouldn't ordinarily do, you will have achieved lots along the way, even if you didn't achieve the goal, you know? So it's okay, you need to learn. It's okay to desire for more. It's okay to be ambitious. It's okay to state what you want and steadily in a way that is suitable for you and, and accommodating for your own preferences and life, you know, and the demands of your life, walk steadily towards it, confidently towards it. Um, next point, and then I'm going to wrap the episode up here, I think. It's okay to accept the parts of you that are brilliant, without doubt, as much as you accept the parts of you that are not. One of the things that I recognize about my clients and myself is that we're very quick to admit our shortcomings. We're very quick to say, these are all of the things that I'm not good at. These are all of the places that I'm deficient. And these are all of the things that I still yet have to develop. And what I find to be true a lot of the time is we don't doubt those things. We're very sure about them. You know, when it comes to the parts of us that are brilliant, that is you are a whole self. You do have parts of you that are a bit shit and are shadowy and are a bit dark as much as you have parts of you that are so brilliantly bright. It's hard to look at them because, you know, it's so bright, it'll hurt your eyes. And I think we're not, we're not often as quick to accept fully without doubt the parts of ourselves that are just inherently brilliant. And we're so quick to allow ourselves to recognize the parts of us that aren't. And what I'm asking you to do and what I've learned myself from this experience is it's okay to accept the parts of yourself that are brilliant. You should be accepting the parts of yourself that are brilliant as much as, without doubt, as much as you accept the parts of yourself that you would like to develop or be different or change in some way, shape or form. I think that if we only accept the parts of ourselves that are our flaws or our downfalls. We're not really looking at the whole of our being and we're denying ourselves and others of our own brilliance. Um, if you'd like an episode on that, there's episode 157 where I talk about, are you struggling to accept your own brilliance? You would be surprised at how many of us that applies to. So all of that is to say that this week, I definitely have grown. I have grown taller. You know, I start, I notice myself when I've experienced the things that I thought I couldn't do or that I had doubt about. I actually stand differently. I carry myself differently. 
I've grown more resilient. I've grown prouder. I think there are gifts that, you know, there's little prizes, little bonus prizes to going outside your comfort zone and doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily do with people that you have never met before even or wouldn't ordinarily be with. And those prizes are that you gain things, you grow in places, you, you're you able to be proud of yourself. And I want you to, every single one of you listening, I want you to be giving yourself experiences where even if it was hard, you can sit back at the end of the day and go, I'm really proud of myself there. Not necessarily for what I achieved or how I looked or what the numbers and the figures and the feedback says, but I'm just proud of myself for navigating that experience. You get that. And I've got that from this week. I feel really proud of myself. Um, I think that this week has also grown me to be more humble. You know, when we get so far inside our comfort zone and we're not experiencing the discomfort of new things, we don't have opportunities to be humbled. I, I, I find this with exercise as well. Like, one of the things that doing a really long run does is it humbles me because there's a very egoic part of me that's like, I can run. But when you do something that is very challenging, it reminds you that it it it, it reminds you of the parts of yourself that need to be humbled. And in you being humbled, you get the gifts of that. You get more empathy, you get more perspective, you get more learning, you get to develop a relationship with yourself and others, you get more self-awareness, you are able to be more grateful, you you get to be more connected to the parts of you that remember what is important to you. You know, you know those moments where you come back to yourself and you realize what's important. It's so easy in business, I, I think, to get distracted by the metrics and the figures and the this and the that and the what's happening next and what are the goals and what's the next steps. And I think sometimes just that experience of coming back to yourself and being so connected to yourself and reminded about what is important, it's such a gift. And it's such a gift that can only really be gained from experience. Um, and yeah, that's my last point. Actually, I've just looked down at my page and that is my last point. Experience gave me those gifts. And I want to say that I gave me the experience. I was the one who put myself in that position this week. I was the one who gave me the gifts of the experience and the experience gave me those gifts. And the reason that I make that distinction isn't to be like, I did that, look at me, check me out. It's because when I get clients come to me and say, I couldn't have done this without you or I couldn't have done this without you in my corner, I will always remind them that you still made that happen. It. I look around my own client base and I think it takes a lot to even just come and do this work. And I don't ever forget that. When I look into the eyes of my clients, when I look at an inquiry call that comes through, even if we don't end up working together, I know what it's taken for you to do that. I know that it's taken for you to battle with your own doubts and fears over, will this be a waste of time and money? Because I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't, I don't know if I trust myself to get what I need from it or to follow through or to whatever, fill in the blank for you. Um, you're coming face to face with, you know, your own challenges and you're saying, I am prepared to stop hiding from them anymore. That this, Honestly, I could sit here and do a whole episode on 
what it takes for someone just to book in an inquiry call about my one-to-one work and the inner work club. And that's why I always remind my clients that you chose this. You know, it's not thank you so much, Nikki. It's thank you so much. And then fill in your own name because you're the one doing the work. You're the one making this happen. You're the one putting yourself into experiences in life and in business that you know fine well will make you grow. And that's why I also acknowledge that this week I've put myself in situations that I couldn't avoid growth. And that is why circling this all the way back to the last episode, part one, that's why I felt so much self-doubt. And let's wrap the episode up there. When you are experiencing self-doubt in business, particularly when you're doing something new for the first time or something that's outside your comfort zone, I don't want you to allow that to stop you. Instead, I want you to treat it as a normal sign that you're making progress, as something that naturally will come up from time to time. And all it is, is it's there to show you that, oh, ah, this self-doubt's coming up. That must mean I'm doing something that's outside my comfort zone. That must mean it's a sign, right? It's not a sign to stop. It's a sign telling you, keep going. You're on the right track. And I really want you to hear that that's what I've experienced this week. And instead of allowing my own uh, shitty little voices inside my own head to convince me that that self-doubt's there because fill in the blank, I'm not good enough. I'm going to fuck it up. Who the fuck do I think I am? All of the things. I've instead taken that self-doubt and been like, oh, okay, this self-doubt is only there because you've put yourself in this uncomfortable experience. And it's a meaningfully uncomfortable experience. And it's those same meaningfully uncomfortable experiences a lot of the time it's where the magic happens. You know, it's in the uncertainty that we allow ourselves to be surprised with the connections that are made or how incredibly we can do when we don't prepare to the nth degree to be perfect and not be judged. It's in those times where the majority of the magic happens. It does mean that you have to allow yourself the opportunity to trust yourself and that you will cope and that you will be able to navigate it and handle it in the moment. So all of that is to say, I hope that in me sharing my experience, that you can take what you need from it too. Please, as always, never forget, I am always, always cheering you on. It'll be back to the normal scheduled episodes from this one moving forward. And I've got some crackers coming up for you too. So I'll see you in the next episode. Please never forget, I am always cheering you on. And I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.